Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Pratt. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, Woo, can't dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bo. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. was a little crazy. What up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. You can check us out right here every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Be sure to find us on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle and on Instagram at Wrestle Addict Radio. I am your host with the most, the babyface of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And as always, I am accompanied by The Good Doctor, filling your prescriptions for kayfabe consumption each and every week. This is the Psycho Sid to my heartbreak kid. He's the Big Daddy Cool Diesel to my HBK. Uh, Maybe more like the Mr. Curtis Hughes to my Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But ladies and gentlemen, introducing Doc Haas. <laughs> so, I don't know the names of those ring announcers on Raw and SmackDown, but you're the Raw guy. 
I'm the raw guy. Band. The raw announcer. Yeah. I don't know if you if you know if you ever the rain announcers when they know, introduce Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. SmackDown's oh, yeah. rain announcer is so much better than the Raw. The Raw's. best in the world. <laughs> I just don't, I, yeah, I just. I, okay, that was that was rough. I give them credit for finished. that. Finished. <laughs> you finished? You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, sorry. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's like Kevin Owens says, no one wants to hear that anymore. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that anymore. Exactly. And, you know, we're going to talk about uh, the Kevin Owens pipe bomb today. But before we get into today's show, fam, welcome to episode 34 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. If this is your first time tuning in and want to show your support, do so by following us on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four T H W A L C A S T. Make sure you stay tuned to our social media for future updates regarding the launch of the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon coming to you SummerSlam weekend. So be sure to stay tuned for that and ways to hear more exclusive content from the Fourth Wall fam and the rest of the Wrestle Addict Radio personalities. So, Doc, with that being said, Kevin Owens this week really was the voice of the voiceless. He had he said what we have all been thinking and tweeting. What 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 do you think about this? Was that he a must- shoot? Was that a work? I think Kevin Owens has been listening to everybody's podcast, and <laughs> this is this is what he gathered from the wrestling <laughs> world. Um, I want me to. It was a. It was a work shoot, obviously. Um, you know, they're playing on a real life criticism of the company and kind of turning it into an angle, which isn't like it's not, it's, it's not the worst idea in the world. It's actually probably a good way to handle this a little bit and get some uh, support for Babyface KO. Um, like I said, you know, before, you know, the thing with Shane McMahon, it's not so much that Shane isn't any good, it's that Shane's just been on TV too much. But, you know, if Shane hadn't been on TV too much, would Owens have been able to drop this pipe bomb? So you got to think how much of all this is kayfabe designed to, you know, agitate the viewers so there could be a hero. You can't have a hero without a, a great villain, you know? So, you know, it's the same as, like, Barrett Corbin on Raw. I think, you know, well, they, they were a little rough this week. and Up until this week, I, th- I thought, you know, they've been doing some pretty good work together and they've been doing a good job at playing the bad guy. You're not supposed to like the bad guy. You're supposed to get booed. The fans are not supposed to want the bad guy to be there. You know, you know I feel like the heat that the creative's gotten has been justified, but if this is the start towards fixing creative then and fixing, you know, stale storylines, then, you know, so be it. You know, the new storyline has to defeat the old storyline before the new storyline can root itself. You know what I mean? Right, and regardless, I mean, even with the pipe bomb, even from what we saw last week, we could tell that the programming is getting a little more edgy, you know, uh, a la the Attitude Era. Uh, and I think, you know, having this work shoot with KO really is another step in the right direction. But let me ask you this. So when KO returned, they were trying to mold him into this baby face, but that quickly changed when he turned on the New Day. But So now are they trying to mold him back into a baby face, or is he kind of going to be that tweener? Kind of like a Steve Austin or the Becky Lynch. I think I think yeah, you're gonna have that like even like a like a 
you know, CM Punk, Steve Austin, Becky Lynch feel where they're kind of like, they kind of are ruthlessly aggressive, but they're, you know, viewed of, viewed of in a favorable light because, you know, Owens is speaking for a lot of wrestling fans. So you could only be a face when you're doing that. So obviously he's meant to be a more aggressive. I thought he was just awesome on SmackDown this week. I thought he, I thought he elevated SmackDown this week. I thought he truly elevated the show to another level. Not only was promo, but like the end of SmackDown was just, was, was awesome. It was fire. It was mayhem. It was, it was a little unpredictable even. It was great. Yeah. You know, stark contrast to the end of Raw, which was absolute horseshit. But the end of SmackDown was just great. Right. And it was all because of KO. Yeah. You know, he obviously has the talent. We're talking about identifying the next big guys who's the next, you know, real top level talent. Maybe it's Kevin Owens. Maybe, man. Ke- Kevin's definitely up there. I mean, let's look at just the past few weeks or even the past couple months. Promo work for a lot of wrestlers has gotten better than we've seen in the past. You got guys like KO, Sami Zayn, even Kofi Kingston. I'm going to say Seth Rollins loosely hasn't been too bad on the mic, but people's promos are getting pretty damn good out there. And I think that's what's going to separate the megastars from the superstars is who's going to be the the best talkers, who's going to be best on the mic, who can relate and connect uh, with the the universe, the the crowd. And I think that that's the start right, and the right that's direction. A, that's what's made the difference in every single era of professional wrestling since, like, Vince McMahon, like, took WWF Global or took it national back in the 80s. Right. You know, Hulk Hogan, you know, okay worker, you know, really knew how to – was good with pace, you know, you know, for that era, but great on the mic. Cut this ridiculously – awesome fire promos for that era. That's what people wanted to hear. And their wrestling promos, they would view the super here. Just great. Macho man cut better promos than Hulk Hogan did. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Let, let's um, also look at, at more recent. You have Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H. Right. And now the, listen, I can get the some rock, heat. The Rock's maybe the great, the, the Rock cuts, listen, The Rock cuts the greatest promo the probably greatest ever. Talker. And lo and behold, yeah, he cuts the, he's probably the greatest, probably the greatest like promo, the famous greatest on the boy on the microphone ever. Right. In professional wrestling, let's well, be real. Can, you can know, we agree Rick, that him and Austin, Rick Flair, I would say. Yeah, can we agree that Austin Rock and, and H are really good on the mic? They're good workers. They're not the best wrestlers. I might get heat on that, but I Triple don't think H they're is, like the best wrestlers out there. They're good workers. They really know how to put people over and tell a story from start to finish. But in terms of their wrestling style, there's nothing amazing, nothing flashy about their style. So they just go in, they do their thing, and they're out. But they were, they were, they made their name because of how they talk on the microphone. Right. Well, their style was also you know, the way they were trained was a different era. They came up with different trainers at a different time. But Triple H, I, 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 Triple H is definitely the best of those three wrestlers in terms of in-ring acumen because you know he does know a fair amount of holds. And you got to think back to his like you know his prime. Don't think about Triple H now. Think about Triple H. You know, when he was feuding with Shawn Michaels or when he was feuding with you know Mick Foley. You know that's. Mm-hmm. That's when you learned that Triple H could, was a great wrestler. You know? That guy can work a thirty minute, thirty to forty minute match with anyone. Yeah, you know, even his work with Daniel Bryan was really good, and Seth Rollins, you know, in his later in his later years. So it's just like Triple H can go, man. Like he, you know, he's. I think he's in a different class from The Rock and, and Stone Cold in terms of in ring acumen. He's not Bret Hart. He's not Shawn Michaels. You know, 
but he's just as good in rain as like say like you know the undertaker who's a, who in his prime was a real solid in rain worker too right so wh- where do you think that this leads ko where does he go from here is he now going to be the next guy in a feud with shane mcmahon Well, he's definitely going to stay in a feud with Shane McMahon. That that much I have no doubt about. You know, I don't think I think this is kind of like going to be the transition from Roman not working with Shane into KO working with Shane now. Mm. You know, like Roman will get his dude to go. I mean, I'm not because this also depends. I mean, does this match would end with the Undertaker putting Shane out of his misery, and then there's no Shane. Um, like I, I, that thought's crossed my mind too. So it's not. I guess it's not a true guarantee that KO goes to work with Shane. Maybe KO, maybe maybe eventually finds him. He's gonna eventually find himself in the world title picture after Kofi drops the belt. Um, but I don't think Kofi's gonna drop the belt anytime soon. Like not this weekend, you know. So, but that's something we'll talk about in our predictions down the down Kofi the road. Kofi does probably yeah. have his uh, his biggest match. His biggest defense yet, I think, against Samoa Joe. But like you said, we'll get into that later when we when we give our predictions for yeah. Extreme Rules. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different ways KO can go. Uh, let's go back to what you said real quick about Undertaker putting Shane out of his misery. I kind of don't want to see Shane uh, be put away. I like the Shane character. I like that Shane has this little group with McIntyre, Revival, Elias, and it looks like now maybe even Dolph Ziggler. But... He doesn't have to be on TV as much. Doesn't have to be in so many segments. But I do like how he's at the helm of this little. I'm going to call it a corporate stable because again, Shane McMahon's the one who's leading this little group. I like that, and you, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of stables. And I think something like that is good for for this stage in WWE, where we need to get more people, some more TV time, and give them all some kind of storyline they can sink their teeth into. So I kind of like what Shane's been doing. They just got got to take him off TV and not have him in so many segments. And like KO said, allow people like Ali, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Buddy Murphy to get more TV time. Can we just touch on that? Right. KO dropping some names was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it was, man. He uh I, I appreciated definitely could that. tell he was he was um you could tell he was unloading some steam during the promo and he yes. was speaking for the whole locker room. You know, so it's good he's turned into a leader. Yeah, you know, someone stepping up with kind of being a leader back there for wrestlers, which is good. Yeah. Definitely awesome. Um, I, I love what they're doing with KO. Absolutely loved his uh his pipe bomb from this week. It it definitely made really helped to make SmackDown uh the the, the better show this week. Oh, without a doubt, the better show this week. One thing I think that will really help both shows moving forward is we need more Firefly Funhouse. You know, um, Doc, you and I spoke about it before we hit record. You know, I have not seen any of the subtleties of the Firefly Funhouse over the past two weeks since the Paul Heyman Raw up until the KO Pipe Bomb. But we did do some research, and it looks like Huskis and... um, What's the squirrel's name? Squirrely the squirrel. No, Ramblin' Rabbit. Ramblin' Rabbit. No, Ramblin', rabbit. Ramblin rabbit. I, the rabbit. For the weeks, rabbit. I've been calling him a friggin' squirrel. Um, so the rabbit. So we got the rabbit and Huskis are, have made their appearance this week on Raw and SmackDown, but they've been so subtle that 
I'm actually tending to feel like it might be a little too subtle because I, I try and look for these things, but I haven't noticed them. And in my eyes, it's like, did they just forget about Firefly Funhouse and Bray Wyatt? Like, where's where's the build to Bray Wyatt's return? Well, no, they obviously... Nah, I feel like you're thinking about this all wrong. They're obviously... They're not, they haven't forgotten anything because they are appearing on the show, but they're doing it subtle enough, I think, to make you kind of forget a little bit so when Bray Wyatt does debut, it's a, it's like more of a surprise because it got to the point where at the end of Firefly Funhouse, and now we're all expecting it. We all thought it was going to happen at, at the last pay per view. What was the last pay? At Stomp. We all thought it was going to happen at Stomping Grounds right. or the night or Raw after, and it still hasn't happened. It still hasn't happened. Now we're only seeing little like snippets, and we're seeing little like. Uh, almost subliminal messages, which, you know, makes sense for the Bray Wyatt character. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just when you've forgotten about it, just when, you know, all the talks about KO and all the talks about Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, all of a sudden, here comes Bray Wyatt out of nowhere because you kind of forgot about him, but you still know what he was all about because it wasn't that long ago. Right. So I actually think this is them doing some storytelling and some long-term creative right, you know. So, with that being said, when he does return, and also with the recent changes and recent development of some of the newer storylines, um, a la Aleister Black, we found out this week that it was Cesaro that was knocking on his door, which didn't come as too much of a surprise, because I did read rumors weeks ago that it was supposed to be Cesaro, and I'm all for it. Sign me up. Cesaro versus Black, I'm down, because those are two yeah, great in-ring it's going to be a fun match. And I think that works out well. It's going to be a fun match. Yeah, Cesaro could afford to take the loss. But in this kind of feud, Alistair could afford to take his first loss to Cesaro and kind of have this feud build towards something bigger like a SummerSlam. So I think this could go either way. But, excuse me. But with that being said, where does Bray Wyatt fit into the picture now? Where do you think he goes? Does he go for the title picture like you had mentioned? You know, you thought maybe he was going to go for Kofi uh, during the cage match when he fought Dolph Ziggler. Or does he go for a mid-card title? Where does Bray Wyatt go from here? Uh, I think he goes after the title. I think he's gonna, when he comes back, he's going to go right into the main event. Because this is a feud that, you know, or this is a return, I think, that needs to happen at the top of the card. Um, It's just been so much put into it, and there's so much anticipation. And we know Bray Wyatt, you know, has the ability to work at the top of the card. And you can just do it, you know, on a Raw or SmackDown randomly, you know. Lights go out, and Bray Wyatt shows up in the mask. And you can do it right in the middle of a New Day promo. And he could take them all out, and he could have people dressed as rabbits and squirrels taking out, you know, the rest of the new day. And it could be really twisted and fun if they do it right. And I think with this whole new this whole new gimmick with Bray Wyatt, this could be a really good run for Bray Wyatt at the top of the card, whether he's fighting for the title or whether he wins the title, because. The way they've molded this new Bray Wyatt, he definitely could be like the modern-day Undertaker. He could be the the one who possesses the wrestle magic and really run with this title for a while at the top of the card. And I think now we're all just getting anxious to see him finally make his return because I, I want to see The Fiend. 
I want to see The Fiend on live TV in the middle of that ring, and I want to see what The Fiend can do. Because I really think that because Bray's been out for so long, he has worked on his in-ring skills. He's worked on his offense. So I want to see some of the new stuff he has in his arsenal and what he brings to the wrestling ring. So I'm thinking now that we're getting closer to SummerSlam, it might be either prior to or at SummerSlam would be two, two great spots for him to make his return. Right, so you don't think it's going to be this weekend or the Raw after at all? It could be the Raw afterwards. I don't see it being at Extreme Rules. I think we'll get more subtleties. Uh, Again, only because right now, if you're looking at it from the business sense, what is it that WWE needs right now? They really need to work on their ratings because their ratings have been fluctuating a lot week after week. And if... If Bray Wyatt is going to be put over as big as we think he's going to, they could just take a page out of WCW's book. You know, when they had Goldberg fight Hogan for the title, it was on a Nitro when that could have been a Starcade main event. But that was the highest viewed wrestling match ever in the entire world was Goldberg versus Hogan on Nitro. Right. If they push Bray Wyatt like this, they can make Bray Wyatt make huge. his return on Monday. And that could be like the, the most the most viewed segment in all of wrestling. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I just compared Bray Um, Wyatt to Hulk Hogan and Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent with you. Um, you know, I, it it could be, it could be on pay-per-view and a good, I I like a good pay-per-view return, Mm -hmm. but just has to be the right moment. I don't think it makes sense for him to do it. At this point, I think it made more sense for him to do it in like the steel cage match than it does to do in this Samoa Joe Kofi match. I think at this point, it makes more sense to bring him back on TV and and maybe have like, you know, like you said, a a title match on TV that people can can be excited to and you can build up. Every now and again, Raw has those. So it might be a good time for that. But it should also lead to maybe a rematch at SummerSlam if it's if the feud is, is being shown to progress well. Right, you know, and they take the the light out of the new day, <laughs> and and you really have it set that you are that um he's coming to face Kofi, not Seth. I just think it makes more sense to have this character try to attack the new day. That fits more. That fits more into Eric Bischoff logic, if you ask me. Gotcha. Okay. I did. Yeah. You know, if anybody, if anybody's gonna work with factions, you know, I mean. You know, that's one thing I think Bischoff, you know, proves he can do right for a bit, you know, which was, you know, have solidly, you know, with the NW and all everything. And that was an, and it also like, you know, this build has been very interesting, very reminiscent of the debut, of the NWL. You're only getting little snippets every week. And, you know, it took a while for, you know, the Hogan thing. It was a long build to Hogan's turn. Right. So I feel like you're kind of seeing that same idea as a long process to the debut of Bray. You know, if you were to do the Hogan comparison, you know, so there you go. That's okay. where I'm. That's where I'm at with it. So, do you still yeah. think Bray Wyatt's going to have a stable, or is going to be on his own? I think he might have some like characters dressed up in costume, mm-hmm. you know, like out, out there with him. You know, maybe some NXT guys like dressed up. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? It's like that, but I can't. I can't imagine it like. Like I'm trying to think of a good comparison, almost like when, uh, almost like the Druids, when the Undertaker had the Druids. Right. Like okay. I could see Bray Wyatt having a side cast like that. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. 
Yeah. All right, awesome. Well, listen, Doc, we're going to take an, a quick adventure on the Indies, but first I do want to send out a congratulations to Roman Reigns for winning an ESPY, almost said that wrong, ESPY award. Uh, he won the award for his return uh, when he was out for, uh, how long was it, three months, four months? I think it was out for about yeah, three about or four that. months uh, when he was battling leukemia. No, it was uh, longer. It was, it longer. was longer. It was than that. more like five. Okay. Well, he won an award uh, for his return being the biggest return in wrestling television. So congratulations to Roman Reigns for bringing home an ESPY award. I yeah, want to win an ESPY award. The S- Dude, the ESPYs love it. The ESPYs love an inspirational story. Yeah. So. And, hey, you Boom. can't get any more inspirational <laughs> than Roman's recovery, remission, and return. If that doesn't say inspiration, I don't know what does. But on that note, Doc, we're going to take a quick break. Then it's time for an adventure. We'll be right back, fam. What is going on, everybody? This is your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz, from the Game Changer Podcast. You are listening to WrestleLotic Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning, Mance Chapel, inviting you to join me every Monday morning for the Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio. This is the Gift of Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting Adventures on the Indies. So, Doc, let's open up this edition of Adventures on the Indies with the shittiest fight, uh, shittiest fist fight of the year. One Joey Janela, our, our local boys, our local boys, Joey Janela <laughs> got into boys. a quote unquote fight with Enzo Amore at a Blink One Eighty Two Little Wayne concert. First of all, Blink One Eighty Two concert, Bank Art Center. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> Which I'll be going there in a so few thank weeks you. to go so see Joey Janela. Uh, went to, went back to, went to high school with me. Apparently, no. <laughs> that's that's legit. Like a high school concert. Like it was yeah. like Joey Janela, Enzo, and a bunch of like eighteen to twenty four year olds. Like of all places at a Blink One Eighty Two concert. But from what I understand, this was just Enzo turning this whole thing into something bigger than it really was. Uh, supposedly Joey Janela went to go introduce himself and then Enzo being Enzo got in his face and there was really no fist fight. I mean, if you saw the videos, I do recommend going to YouTube and searching for it. All it is, is a drunk Joey Janela almost toppling over backwards and Enzo just talking a whole lot of shit with, I guess, Enzo's girl yelling at him, screaming at him to stop. Right, yeah, it's like, it's pretty much, you, you nailed it right, Janela's smashed, he sees Enzo, walks up to him, Enzo happens to be recording this whole thing, which yeah. makes me think it, a lot of it might be just a tad bit of a work, mm-hmm. or like, you know, like, you know, maybe Enzo saw him, got someone, he's like, hey, that guy's here, you know, 
let's see if, if you see something happen get your phone out because it could be good you know whatever like i could see that being a thing or i could just see these two are just working an angle of like like a jersey trash angle with each other <laughs> uh, honestly man i'm just that's interested pretty, in... that's pretty much what dude is yeah i want to see what enzo amore's end result is because enzo's been getting in a lot of people's faces he's starting a lot of fights he's talking a lot of shit what is his end result? Where where do Enzo and Kaz end up? And and again, the the, the end result. I want to know what the end result is now because now it's been going on for too long. They they first made a stink at the G1 Supercard back in April, but now we're already getting closer to SummerSlam. So where do we see Enzo and Kaz? Do they end up in AEW? I mean, do they go to Ring of Honor? Like, yeah, the same. Do you think? Yeah, do you think AEW takes a chance on him and just says, hey? You know, we'll take a chance on you guys and, you know, we'll chalk up your your past to inexperienced youth and being unhappy in WWE. Like, I don't know. That's the only way I could see that. Um, this is obviously I don't I don't but I don't necessarily think that definitely will. I feel like a lot of this is Enzo just being Enzo and, you know, he kind of being in business for himself a little bit. Right. You know, and. Joey Janela, he's another New Jersey guy, you know, he's, he'll, he kind of doesn't give a fuck, you know, so, it, it, it just kind of is. it seems like Janela went up to him, like, to say what's up to him, like, kind of almost introduce himself, like, for what I've read about it, it seemed like he was going out of character, and Enzo went immediately in character and turned it into a shoot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and turned into a work shoot, I guess, type of thing. I don't know. It's not going to end in a match unless Enzo signs at AEW. So, and unless Cody, Cody, and the Bucks are willing to take that gamble, which I'm not sure they're willing to take that gamble right away. You know, they might have to establish themselves a little bit before you see them say, "Okay, we'll take a flyer on Enzo and Cass." Uh, I think right now, any company that gets their hands on Enzo and Cass could be a good move for him. I think Enzo and Cass have made a... But it could also be a bad move. It, it could be. Again, depending on the people. I don't know what kind... I mean, we've heard stories about both of their professionalism working working in different promotions and just how they are even outside the promotions. But because they've made enough of a stink uh, via social media and online over the past few months and they've created enough clickbait... That, you know what, yeah, put them on, on a wrestling event, let them get their asses kicked, or maybe have them show people like, hey, look, we still know how to wrestle, and have them come out on top. So I think this could go either way for both Enzo and Cass. The only thing that I want to see is if Janela and Enzo do face each other, Penelope has to uh, give Cass a Hurricane Rana to the outside. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I can totally, see Penelope it's running off the apron, jumping on Cass, and just your, oh. flipping Cass over. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> it's your only request. All right. My only request. It's, it's fair. I so, just want to see. Um, I want to see Enzo go go through through a uh, barbed wire uh, table. Yes. And get a cigarette. Yeah, that's what I'd rather see. His forehead. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to see Janela do some twisted shit to him. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, that's enough about. But that's Enzo. what you want out of bad guys. That that's is what you want. You want your bad. You want your bad guys. Bad guys. You want them to get their asses kicked. He's Anyways, continue. Anyway, so let's move on over to Triple A, some luchador Mexican wrestling, which Doc, myself, and Smarky will be in attendance at the New York Invasion show at Madison Square Garden in September. Uh, it has been recently announced that Kane Velasquez of 
the UFC has officially signed the contract over to AAA, and his first event and first match will be at Triple Mania. So he's confirmed that Triple Mania to be teaming up in a six-man tag team match with Psycho Clown and Cody Rhodes. A very interesting trio right there. Psycho Clown obviously being one of the big names from AAA. Cody being there because AEW and AAA do have a working relationship. And then the introduction and debut of Kane Velasquez. It, I don't think it's been announced who they're facing yet. But I think this is definitely a good spot for Kane Velasquez to make his debut. And especially with someone like Cody. But now, Doc, are we going to see Kane when we go to the AAA show in September? I mean, I would think that you uh, you have to see Kane at that show, and I think you have to see the AEW talent too. If you're gonna, if you want to sell at the Garden, you're gonna have to bring in some names that people know. Like, yeah. you bring in Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, your show's gonna sell out at the Garden. Mm-hmm. I have some- this this area is die. We're dying for AEW. Like yeah. they're not. They've been in Vegas and they've been in Chicago and they've been in Florida. That's it. They haven't been up here yet. So like, right. there's a fan base up here that is just salivating for their first taste of AEW. Yeah. So that's a perfect opportunity. It's before the television. They have to worry about television. It's before their show starts. Mm-hmm. So just get them up here and get that show booked. I think you're going to see all these guys at that show. If they want to sell at the Garden, they're going to need Kane. They're going to need Cody. They're going to need all. Everybody, all hands on deck. Um, just so you, their their opponents are Texano Jr. and Taurus, who go by Lost Mercenarios, and then there's another partner to be announced, a mystery partner, I guess. Gotcha. I don't know if it's a mystery partner or just they're going to announce it soon. I don't have a means to watch AAA on television, so I don't know what goes on week to week there. Gotcha. Um, but no, this is this is a good thing having Cody in the match because. Cody Rhodes is in the match. Obviously, Kane Velasquez isn't going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You're not going to see him have this like Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle type debut where he just gets it right away. I mean, this is his first match, and he's only I don't think he I don't know how long he's been training for, but I would just think he's not going to go. I think Cody Rhodes and Psycho Clown will be doing most of the work, and you know Kane's going to do what he's comfortable with, and well, who knows how long this know. is going to be or. We we don't know because we don't know. I I guess we don't know. You're right. You know, you're right. right. We don't know. You're right. I should. should, Yeah, I shouldn't talk like that. You're right. I shouldn't talk like that because we don't know. You know, he could come in just like Brock Lesnar and take to it right away. Right. You know, so we'll see. I mean, that's. But if he doesn't and it's a little rough, at least you got Cody Rhodes there. At least get Psycho Clown to to you know make the match still presentable and entertainable. Right. All in all, man, I'm fucking hyped for this Triple A show in September, and I. I'm with you, man. You got to see some AEW stars, especially with the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, still being the AAA Tag Team Champions, and they've already had two matches with the Young Bucks. Have them have the the rubber match at MSG for the AAA show, Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. Fucking sign me right. up. And, and if it, well, here's the, the uh, what's being advertised as the main event of Triple Mania is Laredo Kid and the Luchas versus the Elite. So it's a oh, rematch, okay. the, the rematch from uh, from Fighter Fest. That's the main event of Triple Mania. Okay. So everything's it's you're still leading towards that in terms of creative. So hopefully that's what happens. Dude, we also got to talk about the women's championship match. It is a seven woman TLC match. What? <laughs> 
What? So uh, I'm going to apologize in advance if I pronounce any of these names wrong. I'm not familiar with everybody. And Bones, help me out here, okay? Okay. Uh, the, I guess the AAA champion is a young lady named Kira or Kyra. Um, as I said, I'm not not familiar with a lot of these workers. Uh, she's going to take a Lady Shani, Taya, Tessa, uh, Fabia Pachi, Chick Tormenta, and La Hydra. I, think I know a few of those names, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I guess yeah, you don't know what I'm doing either. Yeah. Or Apache. Maybe Fabi, Apache. Yeah, I tried. But anyway, seven-woman TLC match, dude. That alone is probably worth, like, the price of the show. <laughs> that, that's pretty – yeah, it's pretty fucking sick. That's that's awesome. I, I hope that Gavar after this, Triple A gets a TV deal. It's on the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're obviously going for. You know, they're looking to make a mark in America, and they're going to try to, you know, make get a TV. Even if it's on, like, a like a Univision or something like right. that. Even though they're kind of owned by NBC, that might be a conflict of interest with WWE. But who knows? Um, yeah, but that's the next step for them. There's so many, there's so many Mexican-like folks in America. Like, it just makes sense for them to, to get a deal here. You know, the Mexican Soccer League has a deal with ESPN. Because they know it gets ratings, so you know Lucha Libre wrestling is going to get ratings. You know, right? It's just very popular amongst the Mexican population in Mexico and America. So this is the first step in that direction. There's a there's a market not being, um, you know, there's a market here in America that's not being um, claimed by any of the yeah. promotions. Yeah, it's not being tapped into. So it's smart for AAA to get here. They probably have a better chance of making it big here than New Japan does. I can see that. It's again. It's because of the style. the uh, the the Japan Japanese style hasn't been, um, what what's the word? It hasn't been exposed too much to us in the states. For the, unless you do follow New Japan and you watch the the American events on Axis TV and stuff like that, it hasn't been exposed. At least Lucha has been around since the the 90s, since the Monday Night War, since ECW introduced them. And then WCW really put those cruiserweights up on a pedestal. So we've already been exposed right. to Lucha. I, you're right. I think... New, well, we were, exposed to, we, were exposed to NJ, we were exposed to NJPW through WCW also. Yeah, I just think the difference... On a much for, smaller level. Not, not as much as, as you were with Lucha, because look at how far Lucha has evolved since... Since then, Lucha is, has always been a thing. But the big thing, well, the big thing was just you just I said once again, look at your clientele in America. There is a huge influx of Mexican of of Mexican Americans in this country, you know, and there's just there's just a market they're waiting to be tapped, and who better to tap it than AAA, right? You know, and they got to get here before CMLL does. You know, but Triple A is obviously, I think, is, is definitely the bigger of the two promotions. So they're doing all the right things and they're working with all the right people to achieve their goals. Yeah. So looking yeah. forward to see what the next few cards has because they got three big cards coming up. They got the big show in Los Angeles too. So it's it's uh it's it's kind of a big make or break moment for them. Yeah. And fam, fourth wall will definitely be able to. Uh give you guys all the reviews and news and results of all these AAA shows coming up as we are going to be in attendance at the New York Invasion show at Madison Square Garden September 15th. Uh, myself, Smarky, and Doc, we have press passes for the show, so we're going to give you guys a first look at AAA in the States, which is fucking exciting. So, you know what else I'm actually excited about? I'm excited about the villain Marty Skrull 
taking on Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I think this is a huge moment right here for Marty Skrull. Do we think this is Skrull's uh, moment to win the title and have the big gold? Or are we getting down to the end of his contract and he's going to be making his way to AEW sooner than we think? It's funny because you look at Aldis and Skrull and they're almost like the best of the rest now. Yeah, the ones that are in AEW or W, they're like the two bets that are still out there at WWE or AEW hasn't like scooped up yet. Right. You know, because I put them on a lo- another level over like like John Hennigan, you know, who's respect his talents, but he's not as good as Who Nick Aldis or uh, or Marty right Skrull. Yeah, John Hennigan. Yeah, I brought him up specifically because he is a free agent right now, and you know, because he could fit great in AEW, he could go right back to the top of the card and Impact or. Who is who are now broadening their TV horizons in America? Uh, rumor rumor has it, or he could go to NXT, where I think he could re maybe rework the John Morrison character a little bit and tweak it to what today, what, what, you know, tweak it to make it a little fresh and really shoot to the top of the card at NXT really quick before going back to the mainstream. So there's a lot of things he could do. He could even be like an arrogant American villain in NXT UK. So, right. but. I don't want to get too off topic because I don't want to. I want to bring it back to the NWA title match. This is definitely the best of the rest. These two guys. Um, whoever wins, if Nick Aldis wins this match, um, it's not a. It's not a problem. I think you know he can hold that title for a while. I think it's beneficial for him the whole time for a while. I'm surprised that Marty Skrull's not in AEW. I feel like the only reason he's not is because his contract, contract. with ROH probably yeah. just isn't up yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense for him to be going to AEW. That's where the rest of his boys are. It's well known that he's a part of that clique with uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and Adam Page. So if he wins, you know the match. Obviously, he's gonna. You know, does that mean there, that can mean a couple of things? Either it means he still has a fair amount of time with ROH left, and they're gonna he's gonna be their champion while he's still there, or he wins and he takes the NWA title to AEW. Which it's not like the NWA title hasn't been brought over to other promotions before because it's been it's been done. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think ROH has exclusive rights to it or anything. I think the NWA is its own thing that Billy Corgan runs and 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 books and whatnot. So I guess he can probably. I, I feel like he can work with any promotion he sees fit. Mm-hmm. You know, and his champion can work with any promotion he sees fit. You know, Cody was has been the NWA champion in the past, you know, 12, 18 months, you know, with, with and he was a champion with all the rumors of AEW, like, kind of brewing. So what would surprise me to see, you know, Billy Corgan want to get in on maybe some of this AEW action. So, well, right. see. But if, if he, if, it, it all depends on Marty Scroll's contract situation, which I don't know. Right. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing this match. I really hope I get a chance to watch Skrull take on all this for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Should be a very good match. Well, Doc, we're going to take a yeah, quick break. Might, might, be, might, might, be the ROH, might be the ROH match of the year. Uh, I would think so. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, did I mention it's going to be on yeah. uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Summer Supercard? I forgot if I mentioned that earlier. So, yeah, it could be definitely yeah, their re- biggest match of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it is. A, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely their biggest match of the year. It's It's... it's so cool. Right on. So listen, Doc, we're going to take a quick break. Then when we come back, we're going to talk our predictions on WWE Extreme Rules 2019. 
so hardcore, right? So, Doc. What's with that voice, dude? Fam. I was being hardcore. Hardcore. <coughs> Not hardcore. <coughs> Damn it. Yeah. yeah, real hardcore. Anyway, real hardcore fam. There, guy. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is your resident Universal Royalty King, Ricky Rose, speaking. And if you like what you're listening to right now, I want to invite you guys to check out my wrestling show, The Kings of the Rings Podcast, coming out with a new episode each and every Friday right here on Wrestle Addict Radio. You don't want to miss it. What up, Ooses? This is DFDC Jeff Pomantrio of Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Okay, fam, so now we're going to get into our Extreme Rules predictions. I bought that voice You're back. still Doc. doing the voice. I know, you love that voice. Stop. Still doing um, the voice. And ladies and it's gentlemen, like, we are going Charlie to be joined. Be sunny. Yo, Doc, are you still talking? Yeah, I'm not Charlie. Oh, my God. Anyway, we are joined for our Extreme Rules predictions by our very own Miss Bootiesworth. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to the lovely Jesse J. Good morning, everybody. Howdy. Yo, yo. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> All right, so, Jesse, we're going to run down the card for Extreme Rules. Uh, and just so you know, the winner for every match cannot be the man Becky Lynch. I'm sorry. What? As much as I know you want the man <laughs> to win every match on the card, that just can't happen, okay? As she shows off her The Man t-shirt. You know what shirt I think I need to buy? The Man's Man shirt. Just out of... Out of just out of... Buy that don't, I love it. Don't, don't buy that shirt. I don't know. Don't, don't buy that shirt. No, please don't. Please let that go oh, away. That's don't buy that shirt. Because if you buy that shirt, it's going to encourage them to keep doing that. It, don't do it's, that. It's, don't do that. It's a, a one-of-a-kind shirt, just like WrestleMania and Kofi Mania. Yeah, but it's a bad one-of-a-kind shirt. You know what else was a one-of-a-kind <laughs> shirt? Becky, two belts. I have that one, too. Because oh, she doesn't have two shirt. belts no more. Oh! That's funny. Yeah, yeah, because of that nasty, <laughs> nasty, that again, nasty. Lacey Evans. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's get into nasty. the card. Let's get into the card, you dopes. Nasty. For Extreme Rules. Let's start off first with the Raw Tag Team Championship match, The Revival. Dash and Dawson taking on the Usos. I hope Revival retains. Uh, I like the Revival and the Usos having this feud. I hope they put on a good match. I think they should have added a stipulation. It is Extreme Rules. And this could have been a, a great ladder match for these two teams. Yeah, well, pre-show matches don't get stipulations. Ooh, so you think this is going to be relegated to the kickoff show? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. It's going on the kickoff show. <laughs> Touche. Jesse, what say you? I, I think I, I kind of agree on that. I think it might end up on the kickoff show. And I agree with you, too. There should have been a stipulation because it's extreme rules. But, um, I mean, I like them both. I like the Usos better. But I kind of want to see this go out a little bit longer. And so you know I guess they, should, 
Yeah, I think these two teams could work for a while. They could have a long series of matches, which I'm okay with that. I just don't want to see them playing hot potato with with the titles. So I, I want Revival to win. I want them to retain the titles because it's only going to help Shane McMahon's little stable look stronger as long as his people come out on top. And also... It's also going to help the titles look stronger if they're not being played as hot potato also, which exactly. I think is more important right now with the Raw Tag titles. I could Someone needs more. to just like establish some pedigree with them. And I'm okay if that's the revival. Right. Yeah, I agree. So, All right, so next match. A match I'm really looking forward to. Braun Strowman taking on Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. I think this is your... Your storytelling 101 right booking right here between two giants. They this is the best they portrayed Bobby Lashley since Lashley returned. This is the best Braun Strowman has looked in a uh, since before his injury, which was SummerSlam of last year. First of all, Braun Strowman is athletic as shit. Doing the floor kips off the mat, doing the leapfrogs over Lashley. What the fuck, man? I love hey, what they're doing with Braun Strowman freak. and Bobby Lashley. It's real surprising. One, uh, they're, they're both freaks of nature in terms of their size and athleticism. But, you know, it's just proof sometimes you just need to get the two right people together at the right time without... We, uh, with without the supporting cast, you know, right. that was part of the issue. I think. I think it was like when it was Corbin and Lashley and uh, was it Ziggler and McIntyre when it was Corbin Lashley McIntyre. Just kind of too much. You, 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 that combo of three guys didn't work. But now it's Lashley by himself and Strowman by himself. Big dudes. The whole thing through the, the Titan Tron was, was was one of the most. Like I said a few weeks ago, that's one of the most memorable moments in the history of Raw. We're going to be talking about that moment for years, okay? And now it has made people interested in the match, and this is the type of match they should be having. Two behemoths who are athletic beating the crap to each other until one guy can't stand anymore. You know who I do miss, though? <clears throat> Lashley. 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 Yeah, Doc, don't forget you got to do laundry today. Yeah, you got laundry today. And just so you know, I'm not cutting that out. I'm leaving that in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so anyway, um, I think in this match, uh, I think Braun should come out. His prescription is laundry detergent. (laughs) You're right. Do Do you use Tide or OxyClean? Neither. We use uh, things that pest on animals. We use method. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've never even heard of that. That's right. It's fucked up. Do you want laundry detergent tested on you? (laughs) No. Exactly. (laughs) We we don't condone animal cruelty here on the fourth wall WrestleCast. Anyway, guys, back, back to the task at hand. I think Braun Strowman needs to win this. He's the one who probably needs to win more than Lashley does. Lashley has looked strong enough in this whole storyline. But considering Braun's recent past, since his injury, Braun needs a good win over Lashley at Extreme Rules. This needs to be the the start of the rebuild of Braun until, you know, well, he should go into a mid-card title run to start. You know, the problem with Braun is they keep pushing him to the top of the card too soon, and they're not giving him a chance to develop in, like, at the top of the mid-card. 
Right. I think I don't think we want to see Braun in the title picture, the championship picture for a while. I think he he had his moment. It didn't go as planned, and I think what they're doing with him now is fine. And you know, Doc, you said it too. At this point, if Braun is going to be out of the title picture, use him as an attraction. And I think that's what they're doing, especially in in this kind of feud against Bobby Lashley. Because, you know, they have had these commercials this week for WWE live events where they were announcing these big matches. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin for the Universal Championship. And Becky Lynch takes on Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. And also, Braun Strowman. They just included Braun in in the commercial as the attraction. Right. So I think that's utilizing him the right way. Like, Doc, you've been saying it for the longest time. Let him be an attraction. Let him grow and develop as a character. Maybe give him a mouthpiece and then put him back in the title picture later on. Right now, I think there's right. so many people that are ahead of him in line for the championship, whether it be Universal or WWE Championship. He's he's so young. He's got so much time. Mm-hmm. So young. Yeah. So Jesse, who do you think is going to win this match? I'm definitely going with Braun. Definitely going with Braun Strowman. Me too. Yeah. Braun Braun's taking this victory. All right. Let's move on to the next match. It's the United States Championship match. We have Ricochet defending against heel AJ Styles. We have just been smarkied. It's a smarky bomb. It's a smarky bomb. It's a smarky bomb. It's a smarky bomb. Smarky. We got the whole gang is here. Oh my goodness. Yo, check this out. Check this out. What what do you got for us? Hold on, hold on. This better be his band playing the John Cena thing. Are you at band camp? No. State police graduation. This is what I'm working today. Oh wow. Oh wow. So for those of you that can't see us, which is nobody, because we're not streaming a video of this, Johnny works Yo, at a, I got, I got at a high school. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. And so is I just working the state too. police graduation at his school. It's quite interesting. He just got to show us them jogging around in a circle in his gym. <laughs> Congratulations to all the new troopers. Yes, congratulations from the fourth wall. Be safe. Be safe, ladies and gentlemen. Are you guys recording right now? Yeah, yeah right. We're doing our <laughs> predictions for Extreme Rules. Yeah, smart. Who's gonna name I'm sorry. I just who's saw gonna, Who's, who's going to win Strowman Lashley? Let's go. Get in on it. Strowman well, Lashley. standing, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. I hate to say it, but it's probably going to be Strowman. Oh, we all agree with yeah, you. We, yeah, agree. we don't hate to say it, though. Yeah, we agree, but we don't hate to say it. Yeah. Guy's not going to be defeated for a while. Yeah. No. He, yeah. I mean, shit, even I have those hands, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Johnny, we, we all agree that Braun Strowman needs this win at this point. You know, Lashley could afford to take the loss. He's already looked strong enough in this feud. Yep. So, Smarky, yeah, since you're here probably for a short time, let me, let's me let start with you. Ricochet versus AJ Styles, United States Championship. What do you think? Club gets the championship. AJ wins. Ooh. I'm with, I'm with Smarky. I think AJ's going to win this match, man. Yeah. I think it's going to be win. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be the 
real heely four horsemen shit, mm-hmm. and it's gonna get Ricochet even more support from the audience. I think Ricochet no, losing right now will help develop face Ricochet more than Ricochet retaining. I, th- I think you're going to build more sympathy from the audience if AJ wins this title dirty because people are hating AJ right now. It's it's, it's fun to not like him right now. Right. I, I agree with you definitely. I think the club's taking this because this is the moment for the club to finally be as strong as we all know they could be. Uh, and unfortunately, the first time around was in the best form, except for when they were feuding with John Cena, when they were beating up John Cena. That was the best thing. Smart Riddle me this: does does the club does the club grow from three now? See, does Balor come in. Does do we no. see more people being signed that aren't going to AEW? Like Finn would be fun. I mean, you guys know how I feel about stables and factions, so I want to oh, say man. yes. I would love it. I would love for them to add. You know, you know, so much fun. You know who I think would be really good in the club? I think Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, and the Usos would all be really good in the club. Rollins. Uh, you're yeah. getting a little crazy. You're a little uh, crazy. I, I don't you fucking call me crazy. You call me whatever you want. Just yeah. don't call me. I don't know about there, Randy. Man. Yeah. How about this? How about like the club is what we you get Finn to join the club and it's a four member club and eventually when when Triple H goes to take the company from the McMahons the club turns face and joins Triple H and that's who fights the McMahon stable. Okay. I can oh. also see Balor and Styles turning on each other and having that be a WrestleMania match. Oh, do you know how amazing that match would be? Right. Yeah. As long as they oh, book it right, that could be fucking great. Uh-huh. All right, so we we so a lot. Jesse, who do you think is going to win this? Is the club taking it? You, you know, as like I love Ricochet, I do, but I kind of feel like that AJ is going to end up taking this, and it's like how you guys say it's going to be dirty. I feel like that somehow the club's going to interfere somehow. Like Absolutely. I feel that maybe in between now and Extreme Rules, there might be a stipulation thrown in that match. I can see that. I'm not saying that. he's definite, but I I can see something like that happening between now and Extreme Rules that there might I be a stipulation. S- I could see a stipulation being added. So you're thinking like a night of stipulation, but I could think I could see a stipulation being added for a rematch at SummerSlam, like a Hell in a Cell match at SummerSlam, because who doesn't want to see Ricochet in a Hell in a Cell match? Yeah. My God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the best Hell in a Cell match would be? What? And this is totally off subject, but it would be Ricochet Rim Mysterio. Think about that. Hell no, Ray wants to do the cell at this point in his career. <laughs> do you think Ray wants to go through all that at this point in his career? Right. All right. He's not a big old. He's not a big dude like Batista no, and Triple H are. This, believe it or not, this is my first day, so oh, I'm still learning. Smarky is uh, still learning. It's his first day on the job. Right, Smart, anyway, while you can't, Smarky is can't, uh, busy can't back learn, there working, can't learn during the show. He's learning. Can't, All right, can't learn during the show. All right, guys, let's move on to so the next match. A match that I think a lot of us have been waiting for. Well, we've been waiting for someone to knock on Alistair Black's door, and someone finally did. And I believe we mentioned a f- weeks ago that there were rumors that Cesaro was going to be Alistair Black's first opponent, and it is. So Cesaro came out uh, in his nice suit, walked around. I liked the whole presentation of it, of it finally seeing who it was. 
like the way he walked around the chair like twice and then he right. sat down then the camera was up to his face well done great production um don't know how i feel about cesaro's mouthpiece and the suit but always <clears throat> do you notice though cesaro still reps uh the bar it says the bar on his mouthpiece and also on his trunks I, I noticed that when, uh, when I watched it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, why? So where's, what do we think about this? Where's Sheamus been, anyway? Where's uh, injured. Been, speaking injured. of the bar. Oh, he is injured. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, after so Mania, I believe. Okay. So. All right. So, Doc, what do you think? Cesaro, Alistair Black. I think this match could steal the, steal the night. I think. So, this is what has to happen in this match. It has to be. They have to be given time. And both. Hold on, Doc. What the fuck is that noise? <laughs> Yo, hang up on Smarky. Smarky doesn't know how to mute his his phone when he Smarky bombs us and walks away from his phone. Anyway, oh Doc, God. please continue. Uh, let me see if I can kick him off the call. Hold on. Can we hang Boom. up on him? Boom. All right, there we go. Bye, Smarky. <laughs> we just... We just uh, the fourth wall learns bomb. how to use Skype on the fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what needs to happen for this match is that both, it needs to be at least 15 minutes. Both men need to look strong so that way the loser, you know, isn't coming out of here too defeated. Because, you know, not, I don't think either of these guys can really afford to take a loss. Now, this is Cesaro reestablishing Cesaro reestablishing himself as a singles wrestler, but it's also Alistair Black being a recent call from NXT, not trying to fall into the NXT trap. I think it's more important, slightly, for Alistair to get this win, but it has to be like you know, I would be okay with him even winning like on like a small package type of finish, like 15 minutes into the match, or like you know, like he almost catches Cesaro. You know, and then you can build it as you know Cesaro's been working as a tag team for the past few years. He's a little he he you know he got caught up having to work the full match. He was a little out of rhythm because it's something new. Like he's relearning on the fly again. So I think that's where you can take this match. If I'm booking this match, that's how I do it. I have Alistair Black win on like a roll up or something. But they both need to be given the opportunity to shine because you know, like you said, this match could steal the night. I agree. I can see this match going for like 15, 17 minutes. <clears throat> but actually, with this being the first match and with the way this build has been, I feel like either of them could afford to take a loss. And I don't think it'll hurt them. But the win has to be one of two ways. If Cesaro wins, it's got to be dirty in some way. Because I like the way they've been building and developing Cesaro as a heel character. And they could really have him... He could. We could have him look really strong in the match, but still get like a dirty win because he put his foot on the bottom ropes or something. Like he could be a clean wrestler for the 15 to 20 minutes at the very end, feet on the ropes to get the win, right? Or like you said, Doc, Alistair wins, but it's a really quick roll up, or it's out of nowhere. He just kind of get gets this this quick pin. That way they can continue the storyline because the build was great. We just found out it was Cesaro this week. Then they're going to fight this Sunday. Do they just end it after they have a winner? And do they go on to something else on, on Tuesday? I want to see this feud continue. 
Yeah, absolutely. I want to see another match after this, dude, especially I think it's going to be a good match. And on top of that, even if like Alistair wins on like a roll up like that, you know, we could have a post match beat down of we could have. Oh, Smarky bomb. Oh, and he's got to have a post match. We could have a post match beat down of of Alistair Black by Cesaro. To, uh, We're getting to, smart to left uh, and right. Put down there. Hold so on, we, fam. We, we Hold on. Do that so we could have so, <laughs> so we could have that continue and make everything go well, okay? And <laughs> make this feud go. God damn it, Sparky keeps trying to bomb. I keep trying to hang up Sparky on him. Sparky keeps bombing the call and Doc keeps hanging up on him. Doc right now is uh, slaying the smark. Listen, I, I have to go because I should be focusing on the event, but I just <laughs> I wanted to talk real quick about one certain thing. Is that go okay? Ahead. Yeah, Do go I right ahead. Here? Sure. Doc, smarky bombed us. At the Doc, third man speak. Like Doc, six on. Don't you dare cut me off this time. <laughs> we good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. The Undertaker is going to turn on Roman Reigns and is going to be part of something with Shane McMahon. That is all I have to say. You have a uh, great day, everyone. The corporate ministry. Goodbye, Spark. The corporate ministry. Oh, my oh God. God. Please, and I'm leaving you no. with that. Goodbye to all of you. Jesse, you're awesome. The other two, fuck off. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Sparky. Bye, Sparky. All right, good. Get out of here, Smart. The, the corporate ministry was the most convoluted fucking faction of the whole like attitude era. It really was. I enjoyed yeah. it because it was a big faction, but uh, yeah, it was a it was big clusterfuck. Was what it was. Yeah. The only good thing that came out of that was Edge and Christian and the acolytes, and also Kane. I feel like this the uh, five of them came out of that looking the strongest. Well, I mean, yeah, there's. Some good wrestlers came out of it, and like some good careers are started. It was just a clusterfuck of a faction. Anyway, yeah, yeah. back continue. to Alistair Black and Cesaro. So, Jesse, what do you think is going to happen in this match? Okay, well, before my opinion, I have two things to say. One, I miss Cesaro's old entrance. I love when he came out and ripped the suit off. The James Bond thing? <laughs> like my favorite thing. <clears throat> I just I, I like I just always like that entrance better. When he came in with the new one, I was like, eh. the this new one I though is an homage to Seamus, if we could all agree on that, with the white light and everything. It's an homage to Seamus, which I, I could appreciate that. There's an ounce of respect between those two that I, I, I appreciate that as a fan. Right. And if I don't see Alistair Black sitting Indian style in the middle of that fucking ring, I'm gonna be really mad. Well, that's, oh, that's going to happen. That's, that's going to definitely happen, I think. Yeah. better see it. Who wins? Not just with his entrance. I want to see it during the match. Who wins? I'm going with Alistair. Me too. I'm going with Alistair. I, I don't know how he's going to end up pulling it off, but I, I feel like Alistair's going to steal this match, definitely. Yeah. Me too. I think Alistair wins. I, I'm going to go with that, too. As much as I feel like Cesaro could take this first win dirty, I think Alice is going to win. Uh, let's skip over to The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane and Drew, especially with uh, what Smarky just bombed us with, with his take on this match. Um, I'd be okay with that, I, I think. But here's my only concern. 
if Undertaker becomes part of this faction with Shane, does that mean we see Undertaker on TV every week? Is he going to be back now somewhat full-time at least through SummerSlam or maybe even up to Royal Rumble or Survivor Series maybe? I'm going to fantasy book this whole thing perfectly, okay? This match ends. I don't know who wins, and I don't care who wins, but it ends with Drew McIntyre laying in brutal beatdown on The Undertaker. It has to end with Drew McIntyre's standing one foot on The Undertaker with a chair in his other in his other hand raised above his head in the middle of the yes. ring. That's how this yes. has to end. Yes. Because the yes. because you're bringing The Undertaker back <clears throat> to face McIntyre and put McIntyre over, which is what me and Bones think this all is leading to at the end. Um, this is the way to start it. You know, I don't care if Roman and Taker win. I mean, if Roman probably needs to win the most, so I think Roman should get maybe the pin fall over Shane. And hold, then on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Undertaker needs to win the most, especially after his last showing, unfortunately, against Goldberg. So he needs to win the most out of anyone. Yeah, else. But Undertaker never needs wins any. Undertaker doesn't need to win ever anymore. He doesn't. He never needs to win anymore. Come on. Nothing. Didn't hurt the Undertaker. You know anymore. who really? There's nothing. Once again, listen. Go back. Listen. No. The only reason we talk about the Undertaker, if Goldberg didn't get a concussion, we wouldn't even be talking about that match like right. that. Right. No, I agree. I agree. But unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. that's the way it went down. So, yeah. In a way, Taker need, needs to, need win. to understand. We need to understand as like common sense thinking human beings that like, okay, yeah, that was a shitty match, but you know, shit happens sometimes. This is wrestling. It's a contact sport. You know. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm more uh, leading at with Taker not needing to win. Doesn't matter who wins. It needs to end with Drew McIntyre just laying a brutal beating on Taker. I mean, like a beating Taker is never taken. If you're gonna put Drew over as a huge next top star, fucking do it right. Get some real heat drawn on him and have him be the next heel that takes down the Great Undertaker. To start with it tonight. Lead it towards SummerSlam. You could have Undertaker. You know, have to earn a match against him. Like, it's so much, there's so many ways you can work an Undertaker Alliance match into this. You can work maybe even another Undertaker Shane match into this. Yeah. And you can build it all the way out to WrestleMania and have Drew and Undertaker at Mania this year. Thank you. Thank you for ending off with that because this is all going to lead to McIntyre having his WrestleMania moment as he defeats Undertaker at WrestleMania. That's what this, ha- this has to lead to. This is the biggest moment for McIntyre to put McIntyre on that main event level that I feel like he's been teetering on for way too long. Uh, he was getting there when uh, Brock and Roman uh, were feuding for the Universal title and you had him and Dolph Ziggler. He was getting it. He's been teetering on that line right there. But this would be the win that would help put him over the edge and get him into that championship main event scene again. So this all has to lead to building and developing Drew McIntyre. And that's what I said right. last time. The only person to get anything out of this is Drew. You know, and, and hopefully Elias gets a little something out of it. You know, even if it's not a major rub, just a little rub. Dude, like putting Elias it. in the ring with Undertaker alone in any match, even on Raw or SmackDown, is enough for him. I'd be okay. Oh, with he's that. he's throwing he's throwing it out there on Twitter everywhere. He can tell he wants it. You know, mm-hmm. so he's definitely. It's, and I, I think he's a just a really good wrestler. It's completely underutilized. Yeah. So it's time to really start like building him into something and. So, like, you know, a real dominant force. Like, okay, we get it. You're the guitar playing, folk songwriting character. The drifter. drifter. That's cool. Now let's get to wrestling. 
Right. And I think that we're hitting that time for Elias, hopefully. Yeah. You know, I have no idea where this match is going to go. I think it could go either way, and I'd be fine with it either way, depending on how they develop the storyline after after that. But You know, I, I feel like, you know, that Drew really does, you know, need the push. But at the same time, I, I kind of feel like I might see at some point in the ring, maybe not for the win, but at some point in the ring, it's going to be all four men in the ring. Shane's going to get a spear from Roman and Drew's going to get a tombstone from Undertaker. I think maybe that's how it ends. Win, but at some point. And then Drew I kicks like out of the tombstone and then Shane Drew takes it, out Undertaker. And then Shane doesn't kick out of the spear. No, I think oh I don't think this. I don't think I think Drew's gonna be like out of the match for a bit before this match ends. That's how I book it at least. I book it as Roman pinning Shane. Drew was kind of Drew gets maybe you know taken out of the match. He has to feign an injury for a bit or something. I don't know. And then uh, and then he comes in like when you've kind of forgotten about him to ruin the victory party for Taker and Roman. Right. That's how I book it. Now, here's another question. This is a no-holds-barred match. Who goes through a table? Drew. You think Drew? I think it's I think easy Drew enough to gets, say, no, say I think, Shane through a table. No, I think Shane's going to be involved. Like I said, I think Shane's going to be involved in the decision, and Drew is going to be through the table, not being able to interfere on Shane's behalf. And that's okay. how Shane's going to take the L. That's how I think okay. they're That's how I would tell the story for this match. What do you think, Jesse? I'd, I'd kind of like to see Shane attempt to do a coast to coast and then fucking Roman just like come out of nowhere and fucking spear him, him in the air. <laughs> that could be pretty sweet. Awesome. And I bet it fucking hurt. Vince, that you heard it right here. Awesome. Spear Shane McMahon as he goes for the coast to coast. Book it, Vince. That would be awesome. Yeah, I like that. Oh, it would be that would be hard because Shane's coming at full speed. Roman's coming at full speed. Yeah, they'd have to get creative. Yeah, yeah, but that'd be cool. You know, another match that I think could have been a little more creative by adding a little more of a stipulation is the triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown tag team titles. Maybe throw a ladder or something in there. We got Daniel Bryan and Rowan defending the titles against the New Day, Big E and Xavier Woods, and everyone's favorite, Heavy Machinery. Yeah. Yeah, Take some weights. Take. I'm coming. So, I love Heavy Machinery. I think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a fun match. I think Heavy Machinery is going to come out victorious. And when those I kind of have a feeling they are too. I kind of have a feeling they're going to win the tag titles too. I think if they don't win the tag titles, the person that's going to get the pin is either going to be Rowan or Tucky. Okay. I think okay. one. I don't think New Day is going to take the pin. No, no they're be, not. And I think it will be specifically either Rowan or Tucker. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I, 
I think Heavy Machinery are a bright up and coming tag team, and I just I love their gimmick. I think they're fun. Mm-hmm. They're appealing to a certain part of the audience that needs to be appealed to, and that that blue collar audience and like people who kind of like those silly old school gimmicks. I'm sure kids find them quite fun and hilarious too. Yeah, you know, they'll just those of it just kind of like your cool uncle that makes funny voices. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that 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 I I I, I enjoy their work. I I've enjoyed them since NXT, and this seems like the right time, you know. To they're getting great response to their match, especially once they start like wrestling. Their promos seem a little scripted still. They seem like they're kind of reading from the script a little still. But I think, especially when Tucker's cutting a promo, but I think they'll get better over time because once they get in the ring, they're they're absolutely fun to watch you see i disagree i think they're actually pretty good on the mics i don't feel like it's i think otis scripted. is i think otis is pretty good i feel like talkers still like kind of like hey you know who we are we're gonna take the tag team titles okay yeah he, this, that's what vince told you to say yeah but i feel like he's he's playing it off pretty well i feel like with tucker it comes off natural and i'm not denying that what he's saying isn't scripted for him sure and we all know it is <laughs> But I think um, the way he's telling you, there's room. Sound like it's scripted. There's room. It's not bad. There's room for improvement. You just, like, like, say you just, like you just love to with me. And I was showing my uh, my daughter yesterday. She she's been dying to learn how to do the caterpillar, and she never <laughs> seen anybody do it. So I called her in my room last night, and I was like, Jess, I was like, come here. I was like, come watch this. And then she watched. It, she was like. Oh my god! And I was like, if that giant man can do it, you can learn how to do it. <laughs> he did it. And I was like, fuck yeah, he did. I was like, and he's a huge guy. Yeah. If he can do it, she can. Yeah. yeah. He's a tiny, like, you know, sixty pound kid. No, I'm yeah. like, you can learn. This team is your next Make a Wish sponsor. <laughs> no, this team they're they're reaching out to a large portion of the audience, and it's of yeah, all. Yeah. It's not a specific age group. They are relating to everyone. These guys are going to be fucking big on the main yeah, roster. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy for them, you know, because I was watching NXT for a while when they were nobodies on NXT. But once they were given the time to shine, and when they were, were put in the tag title. Uh, scene in NXT and when Otis took on Tommaso Ciampa in that fucking amazing singles match. Great match, yeah. And they started doing those backstage vignettes because I think it was Tucker was out on injury for a while. So when they were making their return, they had these backstage vignettes. That's when stakes and weights became a thing. I feel like that really helped put them on the map. And I'm glad they're being utilized the right way currently on the main roster. I was worried for a little while with them. Absolutely. They almost fell into the tag team trap, but they found their place. And, you know, you look at their reactions, you look at the way the people react to them. And like you said, it a broad part of the audience, the blue collar audience, the smarks, Mm -hmm. uh, the kids, everybody's into them. They're good wrestlers. They have a working class character and they're funny. Right. that's, That's a good that's a good combo for a wrestling tag team. Definitely. So let's let's move on to the next match, guys. Let's move on to the Cruiserweight Championship match. We're going to have the current Cruiserweight Champion, Drew Gulak, taking on our hometown boy, Tony Nese. Well, hometown, Long Island, kind of home. New Jersey, New York, Long Island. Dude, not, dude, not ever, ever, ever. 
ever, ever imply that I'm from Long Island again. Yo, Strong Island, bro. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. I am from the. I am from New Jersey. I am not from Long Island. Long Island are not my hometown, bros. I, mean, I love. I love you all, but come on now. You hear that, Tony Ricky needs, and like, Jeff? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm not. I'm not claiming responsibility for Tony, Ricky, and Jeff. Ricky and Jeff know that there's been a New Jersey Long Island war for as long <laughs> as time can remember. From the time that Lenape and uh, Shinnecock settled on each of those lands, there has been wars between Long Island and New Jersey. Wars fought. You know, look at look. We battled for years for the Nets. Years we've been battling for the Nets. Back and forth. Long Island, New Jersey. Long Island, New Jersey. Brooklyn, which is technically a part of Long Island. Okay. <laughs> The battle. Anthony Nees is not one of ours, you turn cloak. No. Getting a little silly here. Uh, are you done? And I was going a little kayfabe there. A little kayfabe. It's a little kayfabe. All right, guys. So, want some kayfabe? So, we have the Gulak Nees match. Uh, do we think it's going to be on the kickoff show? Probably. Uh, yes. Yes. This and, the raw, this and the Raw Tag title match will be on yeah. the kickoff show. All right. Um, I think Gulak's going to retain. I think Gulak's doing a great job as the Cruiserweight champion, and I'm just happy he finally got the title, and I just, I'm just i a fucking Gulak fan. I just want more Gulak and Kushida matches. I'm, uh, I'm Gulak. Gulak all the I'm way? Saying, I, think, I think he's going to retain, yeah. I think Gulak should drop that title to Kushida. That's what I think. Down yeah. the line. That's what I think should I happen. think down the line this has to lead to a him and Kushida feud. Yeah, or yeah, just the title match mm-hmm. just continuing a already great, a fun series of matches they've had. Yeah. Anyways, exactly. that's that's my thought. Gulak wins this match. All right, cool. Let's move on. Let's go to the SmackDown Women's Championship match, handicap match. Excuse me. Bailey defending against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Who wins this match? I say Nikki Cross. I think. And Alexa Bliss doesn't show up for the match at all. And Bailey wins. And then Bliss demands like a rematch on Raw. And that's what starts to rift between Nikki Cross and Bliss. That's my that that's what I'm trying to get filled here. That's what I'm that that's how I see it going because this the two I this the two on one stipulation that that's very much in line with Bliss's character. Right. And what she's been doing, having Cross do all her dirty work, you know, and then she'll, you know, once again, she'll try to get the rematch, even though Nikki Cross would be the one that probably deserves a rematch because Bailey and Nikki Cross should have a really good match with each other. That's my thought. I think Bliss shows up to the match. I I like that booking. I could see this being a little more straightforward, where if it's going to be a two-on-one handicap match, you know Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to have to tag each other in and out. You know, Bailey's in with, they're always fighting one-on-one. I just think throughout the match, Nikki Cross is going to look a lot stronger. Alexa Bliss is barely going to be in the match. When she gets in, she gets taken out. Nikki Cross gets the win, gets the pin, so Nikki Cross wins the championship. And that's what starts the feud between her and Alexa Bliss. So you take the title off Bailey already? Yes. I disagree with that book. I don't. Think I would the take title the title off Bailey right now, and I, it could start a feud between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. But 
Alexa Bliss hasn't proven herself to take on Nikki Cross yet for the title. So it starts a feud between Nikki Cross and Bailey one-on-one at SummerSlam. Alexa Bliss gets involved, continues the feud with her and Nikki Cross. They have a triple threat match and then go to Survivor Series. Nikki Cross takes on Alexa Bliss one-on-one. But I think you can get the Survivor Series like that. Book for, it. And you're going to have... I think you'd get the Survivor Series like that without, like, so much title jumping. I don't I don't think you should tell Bailey. I think, what I said, you keep the title on Bailey and then have Bailey, even Bailey, like, grant Nikki Cross a rematch without... Without the uh, stip- without the you know the burden of cross like looking over I'm sorry bliss looking over her shoulder, and then that's what you could start the wedge, but you don't give it to him right away. You have to wait till after SummerSlam to start getting the official breakup. I feel like you're rushing it too much the way you want to do it. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I'm rushing it. I feel like this has been going on for a while because let's not forget. Before WrestleMania, there was this one random backstage segment with Nikki Cross when Alexa Bliss announced that she was going to be the host of WrestleMania. And it was Nikki Cross going, Alexa, let's play. Why wasn't I invited to the party? And I talked about how I thought that was going to start a feud between the two of them back at WrestleMania. But that kind of went away for a bit. And then when they got, when they were paired up again, Nikki Cross and Alexa, that is, pronouns, pal. Uh, that's when I saw this whole feud thing. Like Nikki is a different person than she was back in uh, March, April, right? She's not the twisted sister as much anymore. Right. But I think this is the prequel to how she's going to evolve as that twisted sister uh, persona, and she's going to be the one to, you know, she's going to be the one to turn on Bliss. She's going to win the title. Didn't need Bliss to win the title. And that's going to start their feud. Hey, it's me, Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Attic Radio. Anyway, before we move on to the next match, I do want to pass it back over to Jesse. We did not pass it to her to ask her her predictions on the Triple Threat SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. So for the triple threat, I've, I've been a little bit torn because obviously I've always been a big fan of new day. You know, I used to be a big fan of Daniel Bryan. I've never been a fan of his heel turn. I think he kind of like just comes at us a little bit too much. I love it. Like every single time he comes down, he has something to say about us. Mm -hmm. That's why it's great. Yeah. I don't like his heel turn, but anyway, I, I really like heavy machinery and I'd really like to see them you know, move forward. I think that they'd be really good tag team champs. So I, I got to say, I'm going with heavy machinery on this one because I can see a future tag team match against heavy machinery and the new day later on. So I, I'm going to go with heavy machinery on that one. You see, I think if heavy machinery wins, they're more likely to continue to feud with um, Brian and Rowan before moving back to the new day. Cause I still think that, the New Day are going to get involved as a whole with the Bray Wyatt feud. It's not going to be just Kofi and Bray. It's going to be the whole New Day and Bray with like it mainly centered around Kofi. So I think eventually you're going to get that Heavy Machinery New Day match. It's going to be a great moment for Heavy Machinery and hopefully at the end of it, you know, New Day puts them over and everything. But I don't think it's going to happen right away. No, I don't think it's going to happen right away either. You know, I feel like down the road somewhere maybe, 
but not like say like SummerSlam or something. I don't see that one happening. Right. Yeah. Not at SummerSlam. I can see it going both ways, but I actually think Daniel Bryan after they after him and Rowan lose the tag titles, uh, Daniel Bryan goes back into the singles, uh, the singles picture. Because I I'm still not. I kind of like him in. I like him in a tag picture. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm not it's, I think it's him done well to help elevate this SmackDown tag title. I think it's done well to help the SmackDown tag titles elevate a bit, you know, because now they're going to be on the main card. They're in a triple threat match. It's three teams that everybody's interested in. So I think he's done well for the division. Why take him out now? You know, there's there's other p- things going on at the top of the card right now where right. Daniel Bryan can do more for elevating the tag division, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Daniel, you know, leave Rowan because, I mean, you know, Rowan needs a daddy, right? <laughs> yeah, Rowan needs Dan. Yeah, Rowan, needs, Rowan needs someone to hold his hand. Rowan needs someone to do the, Yeah, Rowan needs somebody to, you know, basically do most of the talking is Rowan's, you know, mic work is what needs improving more than anything else. Yo, when I went to go visit my, my brother in Chicago a couple of years ago, I was at the airport at the uh, Chicago O'Hare airport. And who's walking down the fucking terminal? Eric Rowan. Rowan. He is a big motherfucker. Yeah, dude. He's huge. fucking huge. huge. Oh, my God. Huge. Anyway, uh, I can Jesse. Imagine you say He's just going to, like, yeah, he's gonna nah. give you a head nod. He's not going to say shit to you. No, yeah. He had his headphones in <laughs> anyway, so I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to... Go into attempt to try and talk to him. Anyway, Jesse, listening to obscure, listening to obscure new Norwegian prog metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on track, Jesse. What's your predictions for the SmackDown Women's Championship handicap match? Okay, well, I know our, our Twitter followers are really big on Nikki right now, which I don't blame them. I see this going one of two ways. I see either Nikki's going to pin and Alexa is going to end up screwing over Nikki with that whole co-title ownership thing. Or oh, Bailey's going to retain Alexa blame Nikki. Hmm. I forgot I, about the, the, the co-title holder thing that Nikki said. On SmackDown, I think they're gonna be like, or whatever. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. I wonder how that's gonna play into it. Hmm. Your plan B is sounds like the more that's the way I would fill that prescription. Your plan B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bailey retains and Alexa blames Nikki, and then it's gonna cause a whole whole split right. between Alexa, and then it's gonna go down between the two of them. And that could take care of the, like the back half of the year for those three. Those three characters. Yeah. Or at least two of those three of those three characters. Because then I eventually, I feel like I can see down the road that like somehow they're going to do like a number one contender match and Nikki will end up pinning Alexa where Nikki will get a title opportunity and start coming out. You know, it's definitely always good to have a plan B. You can never be too sure. Anyway, I try to come up. I was hoping someone would have got that joke, <laughs> but never mind. I'll, I'll tell you when we're all joking. Corny. Your jokes are corny. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to another match I'm looking forward to on this card. It's the WWE Championship match. We got Kofi Kingston defending against Samoa Joe. This is going to be a fucking barn burner of a match, to uh, quote the Hall of Famer JR. Definitely going to be a 
a hell of a match. I think Samoa Joe right now is one of Kofi's hardest opponents to take on. I think Samoa Joe's the first real legitimate opposition that he that he has right now. Not saying anything against Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, anyone, uh, not Kofi, uh, Kevin Owens, anything like that. But in terms of just size and strength, and in a way, this is kind of like a David and Goliath thing because Joe is so much bigger than Kofi, and I think this is going to be a real, it's a really good pairing. I'm gonna throw some wild shit at you right now, okay? Yeah. Oh, I'm only throwing it. I just came to my head, so it's probably too fucking wild because I haven't had a chance to really think about it. Because the Jimmy just thought this match is going on. It's a great match. We're going back and forth. Both men are just down and out, like they've kicked the shit out of each other. All of a sudden, Brock's music hits. Brock's coming down with the briefcase. It's Brock and Paul. He's coming down. He's got the briefcase. He's about to cash in. Lights go out. Bray Wyatt hits. Clears out the ring. And then now you have three people, four people intertwined with each other for the world title. And four people who could all lay claim to the top of the card. You know how many matches and stories and 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 good things you could build out of that scenario? Wow. And it's a wild finish that's really wild and unpredictable. And you know, you know and that was what like that that was what the Monday Night Wars were built on. Wild, right. unpredictable finishes. And you know, we never got to see Bray Wyatt take on Brock Lesnar. Remember they were kind of hinting at that feud back yeah. in like twenty seventeen, maybe twenty sixteen. They hinted at that for a while and we never got to see Bray versus Brock one on one. Yeah, that could lead to a fatal four way at SummerSlam for the WWE championship. Sign me up. I'm all about that. That's all. That's a fresh new. Right. It's a fresh new matchup. Uh, yeah, put Bray Wyatt, Samoa Joe, Kofi, Brock. Oh my god, dude! Look at all that fucking and, talent in one and, ring. And then work and to help Brock is a little more of a heel. Have Paul Heyman work his magic and work it as this isn't Brock's cash in. This is Brock just getting a title shot. That way he could still build some briefcase. heat for Brock and Heyman. Yeah. Jesus. And he still keeps the briefcase. There's so many cool things you could do here to help build heat for Brock, build heat for, um, you know, well, we're not sure how Bray's going to be received when he shows up. So that's going to be a wait and see thing. But that's good because we got four people involved. If the fans take him as a face, you work with him. If the fans take him as a heel, you can work with him because you got other guys involved in the feud for the title. Boom. Right. Book it, babe. Prescription filled. Prescription filled, bitches. <laughs> I really, really like that booking. But I think Kofi's going to end up retaining. I think he's going to retain. Oh, yeah, Kofi. But the Kofi booking after that, I don't situation. know. I mean, the multi man thing look, is, I think is awesome. You're, you're right. You're right, Doc. And that, in your situation, Kofi would still retain. Right. And, yeah, and then just have this build. You know what? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to keep my hopes and expectations up and hope to see Brock Lesnar attempt to catch in and then Bray Wyatt make his return in this match. I'm with you now. So, if it doesn't happen, then what? Then Kofi beats Joe, like, clean, maybe. Or or maybe Joe Joe gets himself disqualified or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know... 
I can see that. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Joe go over. I don't want to see Joe take the loss cleaner. I want to. I want to see a creative way to, you know, to get him to like, or maybe like, no, he can't have Brock cash in and lose. That's a, that's a shitty idea. Um, yeah, no, to be Kofi has to win, and there has to be some sort of like, you know, whether it's a DQ win or a count out win. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that in this situation, just so Joe is not forgotten about. Right. All right, Jesse, what do you think? I want to see a whole lot of SOSs and Trouble in Paradise is thrown out there. You know, obviously we all know a Coquina Clutch is going to end up out there, but I think that somehow Kofi is going to fight his way through that, and I see Kofi retaining. I, I don't think we're going, ready to take that scenario. I can see this going one of two ways. I can see Samoa Joe winning. But Kofi Kingston not tapping out, Kofi just passing out to the Coquina Clutch, because that's a fucking hell of a finishing move. I could, so I, I could see that happening. I don't want to see Kofi lose the title yet, but I could see that being one way it can go. Or I could see Samoa Joe getting him into a Coquina Clutch, Kofi rolling him over and getting him into a pinning situation to win the match and retain the title. So I want to throw this out there. So let's just say, now we all know I said that I want to see Kofi retain, Mm -hmm. but let's just say Samoa Joe, Coquina Clutch, Kofi's out, Joe takes the title. That's when Brock's going to come out. Think Brock's going to cash in on Joe? I think Brock would absolutely cash in on Joe. And you know what, though? One of of Brock's great matches from from last year or two years ago was him and Joe. They put on a good match, those two. It yeah, wasn't like AJ Styles, Finn Balor level, but Joe and Brock was a good fucking match. Right. I want to see that. Interesting. Yeah. If Joe takes the title, I want to see Brock Lesnar come down, cash in money in the bank, and go with Joe for the WWE Championship. Okay. There's definitely right. some interesting takes here on this match, so we'll have to wait and see. But let's move on now to what's going to be the main event. It's the last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match for both the WWE Universal Championship and the WWE Raw Women's Championship. That's a fucking mouthful. There are so <laughs> many moving parts in this match, but we're going to have the... It couple of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch taking on the business couple of Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Um, um, when are Miz and Maurice going to get involved with Becky and Seth? That's what I want to know. Okay. So you, you think eventually down the line Miz gets involved? With yeah. this storyline as an ally of Becky and Seth, or as a oh, opponent, as an opponent, of Becky and Seth, as an yeah. opponent. Yeah, Miz, stuff, nah, yeah, it's two faces. You can't, can't do it. Nope. Not I, I think Miz's baby face turn is gone on long enough, and I think he could afford to go back to be a heel. No, I, I disagree, man. Dude, <clears throat> Miz is a heel for like eleven years. He could afford to be a face for much longer, <laughs> for a little longer. Uh, I, 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 I enjoy I face. Miz. I think. I think. He, but it's not fitting to Miz's current branding as like the Miz. Like that's not you know Miz, Miz is trying to make himself more than a wrestler, 
So I think it's important that he kind of stays a face so he can get, you know, just more people in his corner, more people liking him, more kids liking him. You know, I think it's important for the Miz to pick up some kids right now for his uh, for his fan base. So I don't just see that happening anytime soon. I think that's almost too predictable storytelling. I, um, I do. The think- most unpredictable. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I think the two things that would hold him back from turning heel would be his his reality show, Miss <laughs> um, Miss and Misses, and also him being portrayed as a father now of two children. That's kind of how they've been molding him for a little while. He's a, he's a family right. man, so I think because of his reality show, that's going to tend to keep him face. I would like to see Miz turn heel again and have Miz and Maurice in a feud with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. I would be down to see something like that. But Miz and Maurice are not involved in this match. Let's talk about Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Um, I love this pairing of Corbin and Lacey Evans, by the way. I absolutely love it. I mean, Doc, you said we we need some heels to hate, and Lacey and Baron are fucking great heels. Love them. You're not supposed to like them. Like, you're making the stink face over there, Jesse, and that's good. You're supposed to be making the stink face at them. You're not supposed to like them. Right. And it's okay that you're not supposed to like them. It makes the feud more interesting. Um, I thought they were. I thought they were a little. I thought the opening segment was a little rough this week on Raw, and it wasn't the best work of this feud. Right. Um, I kind of like. I kind of like the that Becky is the mouthpiece and Seth with the witty comments. I think that fits Seth a lot more. Becky's obviously a better talker than Seth is, and I think I like that they're using her as the mouthpiece. Like right. But, you know, it's that the witty comment thing fits Seth well. And if done right, this could have, like, a little DX vibe to it. The two yeah. You know, I, I think p- production quality was different this week than it was the last week. Last week, the show opened up with a mid-card match, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. You didn't see the top-of-the-card champions until the top of the second hour. They waited. You know how that's been the recipe for Raw? And SmackDown every week is open up with either an authority figure or the champion. That's always been the recipe. And then it takes it's like a half-hour segment, promo segment. I liked how they opened up with a match these past two weeks, but the first match did not have to be Seth and Becky. They could have kept that to the second hour, I think. I think, they're, <clears throat> like you said, it was kind of a weak opening. They could have opened up with anything else, but kept Seth and Becky for that second hour. I think production... That production style is going to be changed now that Heyman's in charge. So I think they saw right. that that was and, a big difference last week. Right. And I think it just wasn't – I just think it wasn't Corbin and Lacey's best work this week. Uh, like Lacey, was not, that was not a good women's right. It was did not look good on yeah. top of the ramp. Um, I hated Corbin no-selling Becky Lynch's punches. Like but, if Becky's going to start fighting with the bo- – and I, I hate also, I'm going to throw this out there too, if Becky's going to start fighting with the boys and throwing throwing hands with, with the boys, the, the boys should start throwing hands back. You know? Yeah, I agree. Intergender wrestling. I'm, I'm okay with intergender wrestling, man. Yeah. You know, and I think Becky Lynch is too. Did, did you guys see the uh, results we're gonna have. from the Sammy Not Callahan WWE. and Tessa Blanchard match on Impact? Sammy Callahan, no. Tessa Blanchard. What a fucking I match. I haven't seen that yet, no. Ooh. I heard it was awesome. Yeah. You got to check that. I check out some awesome. clips of that match. Really, really worth it. But, no, I agree, man. If they're going to start doing intergender stuff, let the men and women duke it out. But I don't know how that's going to work with them moving to Fox. They teased it. They teased it in the Attitude Era a bit with China, you know, having matches like that. 
But I mean, if you're going to have Becky, like she attacked Mike Kanellis last two weeks ago. She attacked Corbin on this week's Raw. You know, Kanellis was a part of the match, so he was selling. But Corbin completely no sold her punches because Corbin's probably like, well, I'm probably not allowed to hit her back, so this is stupid. Uh, yeah. Here, Lacey, take care of her. You know, it's, just, it's just dumb. I don't like her. At least at right, least have Corbin restrain her and hold her arms back and have Lacey lay the beating Lacey on her. Hair, like, there's yeah. so... Yeah, there's so there's just a lot better ways they could have booked that this week. It's it, it almost seemed like like it, you know two weeks ago Raw was great and this this week's Raw kind of seemed like a step back from the main event scene again. And I don't know if there was different hands when Heyman was less involved this week. If he was more involved, if McMahon was more involved this week, like we don't know what's going on backstage. We don't know who's responsible for each segment. We can only guess, you know. But it just seemed a lot more rushed and just not wasn't really well booked this week the main event to open the show or the main the main the top level few to open the show and the end of the show was booked even worse you know with that whole cedric alexander thing like yeah if you're gonna do the mask you could do the big reveal of the guy under the mask the guy's got to win the freaking match that's the, the first thing exactly. yeah he has to win or he has to have a huge flurry and get unmasked during the match yeah. and then the heel team can maybe win you can't unmask him after he took the pin like who the fuck came up with that yeah. so that was a lot of what the fuck moments on raw at the top of the card this week yeah that whole ending segment was a whole was just booked ass backwards i don't know who booked that shit but that was you're right, I'm, Doc, I'm with you. Cedric Alexander could have been more of a star on Raw if they booked that last segment correct. Right. He, should, he should have gotten the pin it's on it's Shane it's or even Drew. You know what? Give him the fucking right. pin on Drew. Go ahead. Because you know this is leading You know this is leading to uh, a Survivor Series match. It's going to be Roman and his people versus Shane and his people. Yeah, I think that's good. That's that's bound to happen at Survivor Series. But it just shows when I when I bring that up in reference to the Becky and, and Seth and Lacey and Corbin feud is that the top of the card was a little rough this week. Whereas on SmackDown, the top of the card was freaking awesome. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, uh, Jesse. So what do you think about this match? Who's going to be taking it home, Seth and Becky or Corbin and Lacey? I know this is going to be a hard decision for you. Because you're such a fan of the sexy Southern Belle. Nasties. Lacey Evans. You nasty. Did you get your this recording? I didn't take my, my medication yet, no. Like, 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 did you trip and like hit your head on something before we started this recording today? Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. Jesse J is always taking the man. She's always taking always. the man. Before I give my opinion on this match, um, I did put up, was it this morning? No, this morning I did. Um, I did put up a Twitter post, but I do want to put this out there. Um, I do want to congratulate Becky Lynch, first of all, for even being nominated for the ESPYs last night. And obviously a big congratulations to Roman Reigns. He definitely deserves it. All right. You know, besides the fact, you know, like I said, that kicking leukemia's ass. He made a major comeback to to Raw and everything back when he came, right? He made it to Raw first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, a big congratulations out to him for for winning the ESPYs award last night. You know, congratulations to everybody who was nominated. Um, and, of course, you know, big deal. Becky's the first WWE superstar to be on the cover of ESPN magazine. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's true. She's on the cover of ESPN magazine. So I'll be get, I have a subscription to that. I can't wait to and, get it. And she's doing oh, it with the uh, the star from um, from Glow. From Glow. I forgot her name. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, Allie. I think her name is something. I, yeah. I apologize if I'm wrong. But, you know, I'll double check it later. But um, I, don't, I, I don't watch Glow, so I don't know really know much about it. Oh, you got to watch Glow. You have to. I started watching it. It didn't, it didn't rope me in the first few episodes. So worth it. Watch the original documentary and then go watch the Netflix original. No, I, I know the story. It's just the, 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 the actors didn't rope me in. I, I, I didn't enjoy it. They're really good. Uh, right, well, I'll give it a second chance. I'll give it a second it. chance. Um, so I'll give my prediction for, for this match. Um, obviously, you're going with Becky and Rollins, right, Jesse? Of course. <laughs> Obviously, um, so I think Becky and Rollins are going to win. It doesn't mean I'm happy with the way they've been booked. My other issue with this feud, I just want to touch this before we go, is just Seth Rollins in this feud. Like he's kind of just being such a bitch in this he's, feud. Such as like yes. during the match when Lacey was in the audience and Becky was kind of going after her. Like why would he not let her go after Lacey? Why is he holding her back? Why is he acting like such a little bitch? Like, it would have been awesome to let have Becky and Lacey go fight for a bit. Seth mm-hmm. continues the match in the ring, you know, and then you end it off, and then everybody culminates again at the top of the ramp. That's where the segment ends. You could have easily had it done that way and made it a lot more interesting and not make Seth look like such a fucking bitch. And why was that an elimination match? Like, it made no sense. After Lacey was eliminated, Becky was still on the apron. They're not going to put Becky in the ring against Baron Corbin. That made absolutely no sense. It was a stupid stipulation. The elimination match was Zelina and Andrade. You mean Zelina and Andrade? Uh, I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. Yes, Zelina and Andrade. Yeah. Zelina and Andrade. They haven't fought Lacey and Corbin yet. That was stupid. I'm just it would have made sense. For the matching part. Right. It would have made sense if Becky got eliminated and then started fighting Lacey out in the, in the crowd. Yep. That's what it made it would have made it make sense. Okay. But for some reason, we had said that like a bitch. Anyway, that's that's my complaint with this. But despite all that being done, Seth and Becky win this match, and I, I hope that's the end of this for a bit. It, you know, I, I, I'm kind of sick of the. the I'm sick of the whole just the two of those those four people fighting each other. It's time for him to get some new opponents. Yeah. Well, once this match is done, you know the stipulation from Becky and Seth is that once they win, that they're not allowed to come at them for their titles anymore. That this well, that's is done. What, that's what scares me. That there's a stipulation. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I, I can already see Raw the next night. Corbin just going, "Oh, the stipulation was never." Uh, well, guys, I didn't take the pin, so I don't have to lose the stipulation. Blah blah. Guys, uh, I'm gonna fill that prescription myself. Ruby Riot returns and gives <laughs> Becky Lynch some real competition on Raw. And on that note, fam, if this is your first time tuning in. Thank you for listening to episode 34 of the 4th Wall WrestleCast. As always, I am your host, J.C. Bones. You can follow me on Twitter at J.C. Bones. That's Bones with a Z. Please be sure to follow the rest of our good brothers and sisters on the 4th Wall team. Doc Haas at Dr. Haas 4WC. Johnny Smarks at Johnny Smarks a lot. And our social media ambassador, Jesse J at 
Miss Booty's Worth. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T H W A L L C A S T. If you haven't already, give Wrestle Addict Radio a follow on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle and on Instagram at Wrestle Addict Radio. Don't forget to stay tuned for updates about the launch of the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon, where you can receive exclusive content. Uh, we have a ton of shows under the fourth wall umbrella coming to your ear holes very, very soon. Sunday Night Aftermath, Smarky's Singles Run, Kayfabe Classics, Hardcore to Extreme. We're going to have a watch-along series where Smarky does WCW for the first time ever. So much to be excited about, so stay tuned to all of our social media for all news and updates. I think Doc has to say something. Please, Doc, before we go. Wait, wait. Oh, man, the, the amount of WCW moments and, like, matches and events I've been scouring through the past few days to put together Smarky's must-see WCW list. It's been so much fun. I cannot wait to do this. It, it's exciting me, too, to go back and watch some of these good nah. and historical moments from WCW. So it's gonna oh, be for fun. Me, in, in the industry, historically, I'm just watching like the end. I've been like going through some of the old, the early NWO stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, man, this shit was so well booked. Oh yeah. my god, so yeah. smart. Love it. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be fun. So, fam, be sure to keep posted to again our social media and watch out for the launch date of the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page. And with that being said, that is all the time we have for today so if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience please be sure to tell all your friends to like share and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics the marks the casual and the hardcore we are here to fight the good fight to keep wrestling real once again we are the fourth wall wrestlecast goodbye and good night Bang. There you go. I it's, took it from Kenny Omega. So All right. I took it. What, what's creepy? Can you do, do like your Kenny Omega thing in your creepy hardcore voice? Goodbye. Right, and stop, good stop. night. Stop it,
I gotta go do the laundry, so I gotta get going, alright? Yes, you do. Laundry day. Alright, guys, you'll have to later. Peace. Peace. Peace.